Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. This is a podcast about making work work. You'll learn about leadership, career growth, and how to navigate those weird work challenges. I run a HR consulting business called Boldside, where I help leaders build epic team cultures. If you lead a team or run a business and you think I can help, let's connect on LinkedIn. My name is Shelley Johnson. It's time to get to work. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm Shelley Johnson. And today on the show, we're going to be answering your career questions. I'm joined by Lachlan Bradford and Robbie Hicks, who host the podcast Funny Business. What are the signs it's time to move on? How do you handle imposter syndrome? And how do you navigate your career and starting a family? We'll also be sharing some of our ins and outs for 2024. Let's get into it. Lachlan Bradford, Robbie Hicks, welcome back to the pod. I can't remember the last time someone's called me by my actual first name, Lachlan. Lachlan, full name. It feels like I'm in trouble. When you went back, to, when you get home, like, you get Lachlan from your mum. When she, well, when she used to yell at me for doing the wrong thing. Have you ever had Robert? I get Robert when I'm in trouble still from my mum. Yeah. Which is not really that often because I don't, it's still not weird to get in trouble now when you're older. Do people call you <laughs> Shelly or Shell? Well, do you know what my real name is? Conf- confession. Shelbert. <laughs> close, <laughs> close. A bit different. Michelle. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yes. Does it make sense though? I uh, My Shelley. parents should have just called me Shelley, but anyway, here we are. It doesn't have an SH in it. No. It'd be weird if it was spelt Michelle. Yeah, with a, SH, yeah. wouldn't it? But anyway, here we are. We all know each other a bit better now. We're in Melbourne recording this episode and it is 2024 and we're talking about ins and outs for 2024. Lockie, you did a really good post on this on LinkedIn. Thanks, I tried. I tried. I put, I put my heart and soul into it. Rob laid about two suggestions in the outs and that's all he pretty much contributed, but he likes to take the credit for I've heard collaborating. nothing but like how good he is about himself about this post. So <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that it's made a pod. You know, every single time he says one thing that he likes, somehow it gets a lot of amplification, a lot of spotlight on this. So I feel almost like I can't believe we've given it a bit more airtime. <laughs> Well, it was good. So what I thought we'd do, we've got a couple of things. We're going to get into some career questions that we had come through the Facebook community at the back end of this podcast. We're going to start by talking about our 2024 ins and outs. Who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first if you want, because the number one uh, thing on my list was JOMO, which was joy of missing out. So the opposite of FOMO, which I feel like as you get older, it sort of creeps in a bit where you're just like, I'm glad I didn't go to that. What were you, are you glad you didn't go to recently? Oh, there's heaps of things. There's heaps of things. I just think <laughs> like going into the city and doing appointments and stuff when you can just do it over Zoom. Um, <laughs> like today. <laughs> no, no, this is a bit different because we're like making a thing of it. But I think just like even events and festivals, I feel like I used to be like, oh, I wish I was there. And it's like, oh, not really anymore. But maybe that's just me changing, you know, as or, I'm getting or older. Or if someone gives you an out, like an almost out, and you just run with it and take it. Yeah, you don't like, have to go, oh, all, right, all right, I won't. And they <laughs> sort of get offended a little bit. But I think like it's just that internal battle in your head where you feel like you want to be somewhere and you're not. And I just feel like it's just flipped for me where I'm like, I'm glad I'm in bed 
watching TV, chilling out. I think that is a mature place to be, to be missing out. I Are we all introverts? I don't know what I am, to be honest, because I feel like I'll, I get energy from others, but I love my alone time. So... Introverted uh, extrovert? Is that? I don't know. Is you that still a thing? get tired after a thing? You're, you're very good at fabricating energy and putting on a fake <laughs> smile and making. <laughs> That's pretty you do, much his whole life. You make people feel good in a room, which is is, is one it's of your a, skills. It's a superpower. It is. Thanks. Yeah. What else do you like? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Going. Feel free. He's in a pretty angry mood today, so if he's <laughs> giving some compliments. Nice, I'm saying something nice, just run with it. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on Jomo or not? I like, uh, I'm a big fan of this. Yeah. The idea of staying home and not going to things sounds like heaven. Yeah, I think that reminds me of like when we're in lockdown for the first time and definitely only the first time, but like that initial thing of like, oh, I can just chill and I don't have any social pressure. Like there was this weird time when we first went into lockdown and I know it's different in Melbourne. In Newcastle, there wasn't it wasn't anywhere near as long and drawn out. But do you remember that first like couple of weeks where it's like well, this is weird, this is kind of cool? We were talking about that the other day. We don't think it's got back to the way it was. Like Changed friendship everyone, groups have yeah. shattered and stuff. Like now that now like because you missed out on so much and doing stuff, it's like do we really want to opt in and yeah? Am I opting back in? I've had three years of not opting into wherever that stuff was, and now it's like now the time comes up. What would I prefer to do? Yeah, and having that choice, I think. I'm into it. Yeah. Joy, joy mo? Joy mo. Joy mo. Joy of, joy of missing out. <laughs> close. <laughs> Come on, not close enough. Okay, what's your, what's your top one, Rob? Uh, I had uh, early dinners. Oh, that is, I'm so into that. Like I, my whole being is like into early dinners. Tell me why you like it. Uh, when I first, so Matilda, my daughter, she turned two at the end of 2023, so Last few years, I was, no, I was always like eating earlier, but now like with having her and dinners always because she goes to bed early, it's just been a joy knowing that dinner's done, dishes are done, things are packed up and it's all good. So by like seven o'clock when she goes to bed, I don't have to do anything. You know, like my life's sorted. I can just pick out, eat chocolate and have desserts by that point. You don't like eating that early, do you? I'm a late eater. Yeah, I don't really like eating yeah. early. I like eating at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. That's really late. Yeah. I feel like that's – anyway. I, I love five o'clock dinner. I'm I'm that into it. I'm not that hungry at five o'clock. That's pre-dessert too. So what time are you having dessert till? Because I know you <laughs> oh. I know you're taking sneaky snacks. No, no, I'm, I'm always have dessert before dinner. So I'm, I'm happily have a few ice creams and icy poles before I tuck into the main course. But I don't like eating too early. It's like five o'clock. Like it's just middle of the day. You just had lunch, didn't you? No, I, I just honestly, I just. Joe, Joe Mo and Joey Mo, Joey Mo and, and early dinners. Just like it sounds fantastic so far. All right, next one. Uh, I had a bit more of a less of a more of a worky sort. Yeah, of. tell I had, us your I work had, one. Uh, color coding calendars. Oh, I love that. So one of the things I've done for the, all of 2023 and part of 2022 is I've got different colors for different things in my life that I then I can look at my week once it's finished and I can sort of rough gauge did I do enough of this or did I do enough of that? And I so like red we have is our recording. As you yeah. can tell, he's very structured. Early dinners, Jomo, just colour coding, just so serious. <laughs> very isn't boring he? and bland. Yahoo, isn't it? serious, huh? I, uh, I love it. I think boring and bland is in. Well, it's just it helped me feel a little bit more productive and in control because I feel like it, as founders doing stuff, you got to you got you wear many hats. So mm. you know, it's like, am I spending enough time in the right spot? Am I? It's not measured down to like, am I tracking my time in a spreadsheet and am I spending this? It's just more not like yet. not yet. sanity checking myself going, have I done enough of this? It's or like that deep work. A little bit like that or have I blocked out some time for myself to do deep work? Yeah. You know, like just 
Whatever you're both looking at me like. No, I, I'm. Locke's looking at me like I'm a loser, but fuck it's. <laughs> hey, listen, we do a business together and it helps us. You know? He likes the pretty colours. It's good. You know, he likes it. No, I love actually scheduling time for deep work. For me, like that's like I love having time to write. Like I love writing. It's like yeah. my thing that I feel like I really get energy from and love doing in my business. If I don't have that kind of daily. I feel like I've missed something and it does take a lot of deep work and you have to be intentional about scheduling that into your whatever. Can, can you plan that though? Like pre-plan that and go, I'm going to start thinking at this time and start going down that thing. Because every time I try to do that, I'm like, fuck, I can't think of anything I'm now. The, I'm not in the mood to yeah, do this. Yeah, I just like when it comes, I feel like, all right, I'm not taking the meeting. I'm in the zone. Last one for your ins and then we're going to smash through those outs because we have so many good questions from our community that I really want to get your advice on. All right. Uh, my next one is personalised podcasts. I reckon that's going to go off next year what's that so I was thinking like say something for my grandfather it's like family stories and stuff so where you could literally tell the story of people in your family's lives I feel like that would go off people want that I reckon that would be amazing to also like capture some of those like people have in their families some wild stories yeah and it's something to listen back on later in life and the grandkids and all that they can know a few stories about your actual family not just celebrities and what before they go yeah yeah that's what I'm thinking about doing for, for Grumbum is to have a full – because he's got so many cool stories and he's had so many different careers. It would be cool to just actually like do an hour, two hours and then you just got that forever. You're a nice guy sometimes. Don't you reckon that would go off? That would go off in your family, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's nice. It's thoughtful. You're Sometimes you're quite thoughtful, surprisingly thoughtful. Yeah, there you go. What do you think? Do you have any other thoughts on that? No? I love the <laughs> idea. Okay, so this is like a bit morbid but sometimes like I hate flying. I hate flying. and I like, fly a lot. I fly a lot. And I've often thought if the plane goes down, I would love to have a stack of voice memos for my kids and my husband. Mm. But a pod, wouldn't it be cool to have like long form content of things that you wish that you'd said to your kids? Yeah. Or your, or your partner. Like, like a that's, series. A se- like, Just all the things that piss you off about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's go. What are your outs? outs? And let's rapid fire. I want to know. Rapid fire. Well, the one that we posted on the. Uh, on LinkedIn, one that went off was desire for unicorn status. So uh, this is something with our business that we're working with founders around the mindset and stuff around building a startup. So yeah, for early stage startups out there, I feel like it's uh, the expectations when everyone sees what good may look like or what they think they might be striving for is just like the expectation of what it takes to build such a crazy, massive monster business versus building something that you're happy with, building something that's sustainable, building something that's within reach and it's an achievable goal. Like it's something like 0.05% of the ones that make it to that sort of thing, which means that that's 99.95% of people are not going to hit what it is they're trying to do. And that's all, all good to hit, set high goals and strive for things. But it's like, how can you just people can be still be happy with less, you know? I've, I've been thinking about this idea, like thinking of what are those arbitrary goals like getting to unicorn status? So for you in your career, you might have these goals. It might be earning six figures. It might be whatever. I think sometimes we create these goals because we think that's what we should be doing rather than going, hey, like what do I actually want? Like do I want to have a job and a career that gives me a sense of like purpose and lifestyle and joy rather than like feeling like I'm all in, like fully always on hustling to get this particular goal where it's like, is that, is that the right goal for me? Oh, 100%. It'd be like oh, I'm on 100 grand. It'd be imagine if you're on 100 grand and then all of a sudden you start a business and then you got two mil. That changes your life, you know, or, you know, in a couple of years it's five mil or 
one mil, whatever, it's still a, a, a level up, you know. I think like it's easy to get trapped into them high growth games where you're just like grow at all costs and we're doing this and plugging in because that's what everyone else is doing and that seems to be the only way. I always have a moral conflict of, of the world of business because it is about making money but life's about being happy. Yeah. And it, it doesn't. It's not always. They're not always the same thing. And sometimes the happiest people are the ones that just have do their thing. They've got a great balance of, hey, I work because I want to go away and travel, or I've got time with my family, or I got what's a, or whatever it may be. But if you are choosing to run a business and do these crazy growth stuff that you're doing, there's so many trade offs. And most of the time, the ones that we've spoken to, you don't get everything. You know what I mean? They they're getting burnt out. They're having to sacrifice time away from their family and doing all that sort of stuff. So for me, it's like. I just want. I, I would like to live a happy life, and I don't know what that is. But and you work to try and get your family into a better position and all that sort of crap. But just it'd be nice to just win the Tesla, wouldn't it? Well, he was saying before we uh, come in that your favourite job ever was working at Electronic Boutique. I worked at EB Games for a while. I sold video games. That was my. Um, that I liked that job. <laughs> <laughs> I wore my school pants, my school shoes to work, and uh, yeah, there it's, you go. It's. A good one. One of my outs is like comparison, and I think it links to that stuff you're talking about with getting to unicorn status, whatever that arbitrary goal is that you've got in mind that you think you have to have because you see other people doing stuff and you think, well, I must, I have to have that too. So I think comparison to me, and like I had this happen this week where I saw a good friend of mine who's doing freaking awesome stuff. And the annoying thing about comparison is it like sneaks up on you. So then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm so stoked for my friend who's business is going off but then why do it that like sneaky like thing of comparison like why does that like enter my thinking and I reckon the scarcity mindset that we sometimes have if one person is succeeding that must be happening at my expense which is so untrue I, I, I get the guilt sometimes too because I, I it's hard not to feel like you see other people doing stuff and then they get a win or you're slogging away making stuff happen it's like fuck I want that but it's like yeah, everyone's doing their own. Everyone's at your own pace, doing your own thing, and I like it as a form of motivation. You know, hey, they've done something cool. Maybe we're not going to do the same thing, but it's like it's motivating for me to see that people are kicking their goals. But it is like I think it's just a natural instinct, isn't it? It's like the Australian tall poppy syndrome type of thing. I always found like if people made it around your area, you're either friends with them or you just sneakily don't like them because you're like, oh, stuff them. I wish it was me a little bit, and then you talk shit and life becomes competitive. Though, yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. You don't want it to be. Everyone tries to say stuff. You're probably not allowed to say stuff like HR because you don't want competitive <laughs> culture. But it still is, like in a different way. I think there's a difference between comparison and like admiration. Like I can admire someone for what they're doing and be like, that is so good. I'm stoked for them and I want to do this. Like I want to achieve goals like they have. But I think the comparison thing is slightly different because if, as a mindset it's like I feel worse off for having seen your success. So, like, if you're in a job right now and you, let's say you and your mate went for a promotion at work, they got it, you didn't, the natural thing, of course, is going to be that sense of comparison. But I think that mindset really trips you up in life. And so how do you move through that process? Like, process it, like, process the frustration of that, but then work out, you know what, their success doesn't stop me from succeeding because I need to find another pathway that's going to allow me to the have other, a win. The other pathway is just document all the things you see them doing wrong and then submit it anonymously <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to catch the, or, or become even buddy, but more buddy-buddy with them. They're obviously ki- ki- killing goals and doing the killing wrong goals. Killing goals, I just got messed up with the words there, but they're kicking ass, you know. It's like they can advocate for you, you know. Like, I don't know. It is a natural thing though. I feel like, what do they say? Like comparison is the thief of joy. It is. I just think you've got to be insular, like focus on your goals. Like, hey, I was much better 
I'm in a much better position now than I was last year. That's good. Even if it's only by 1%, you know. People are really harsh on their self, I think. Very harsh. Like especially people who think they're smart, I think they're very harsh on themselves. They judge themselves like to a crazy standard. I don't know. I just feel like you need to be kinder to yourself. Well, you know what? Self-compassion was on my in list. Like how do you have more compassion for yourself? Because we're so critical. Anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I think if you want to Google what self-compassion means, do it because it's going to change your life. What's your out, What's on your out list, Rob? I had Friday Arvo meetings. Yes, so good. We <laughs> said we actually, Locke and I did a talk at someone's workplace where we mentioned like this as a topic about like it was a culture killer and people who expect people to come and do things on a Friday afternoon and then all this sort of stuff. And then since that point... They've continued to do Friday afternoon meetings. They were uh, maybe you don't have as much influence as your first thought. But uh, I've seen a lot of hey, people have been moving and leaving that place left, right, and centre. So <laughs> I just think it's any, the expectation of work's hard, you know, especially if you're working somewhere and you are doing full time and you've got like everyone the work life blend of checking emails. The time of nine to fives is sort of gone. Everyone's yeah. thinking about work, know what tasks you have to do, what outcomes you're expected to get, and then the the extra thing of stealing my Friday nights or something with a, mm. a team builder. You know? uh, a non-compulsory compulsory <laughs> Or virtual drinks on a Friday. That's my worst nightmare. I think Friday Arvo meetings are not helpful because if you're having a br- like a brainstorming meeting and like you're trying to like get people to think creatively, they're just cooked by Friday. So it's like actually let's pick our moment. Like do Thursday morning when everyone's kind of getting excited for the weekend. That's the best time for like any, in my opinion, any kind of like brainstorming meetings. But I'm so with you. I just, I just think I had a meeting at Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. and all of us were on there and everyone's like, why did we schedule this meeting? What are we doing here? But it's like even like not that we do anything on Friday nights. Like we're already talking about Jomo, joy of just being at home and just chilling the fuck out. But if we're doing stuff and we got some time, I'd probably go want to go hang out with friends or family on a Friday night. My like, actual friends, not my coworkers. Is that what you're trying to say? Not my, not my, not my forced friends. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. Are you guys forced friends? Uh, now we are for sure. <laughs> nah, it honestly helps. I just feel like. Well, I, th- I think if you love your job and that, it's always it's you don't mind going to those things because you you like it. If your click is your work friends, I feel like you enjoy it. But then it's like if it's a big company, that might only be a certain little group and then the rest don't like it and then it just becomes hard. We still hang out outside of hours. Yeah, but sometimes we give ourselves the Saturday or the Sunday. It's like one day a week where we won't really message. I need some time from Locke, yeah. you know, and he yeah. needs some time from me, I'm sure, I assume too. Well, because it's only us two so and we know everything about each other, I feel, so it's just like... It's we're like doing brothers. what we're doing for funny business. We've yeah. got another business partner, Chris Wilson, with the Trimbic Social Club. But yeah. not he has a bunch of other projects that he works on. So Locke and I are just 24-7 yeah. at each other. Like brothers, you get like we yeah. never punched on, but I'll beat him though. I would <laughs> think so. <laughs> we're gonna go to a break. And when we come back, we've got some listener questions on how do you know if you've hit a ceiling at your company and what are the signs to move on? We'll be back in a sec. If you want to grow in your career, I just wanted to remind you about our book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. Glenn James and I have written this book to help you with any kind of career crisis, but also those things that you want, like getting a promotion, making more money, moving into a leadership role, or if it's time to quit your job. You can find our book wherever you get good books from, or you can listen on the audio book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. Now let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today 
We're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. All right, Alicia has asked, how can you tell if you've hit a ceiling at your company and what are the obvious signs that it's time to move on? You didn't get the promotion you thought you you would get. I feel like if you're working towards something and they've set your goals and then all of a sudden they shift or there's different stories or there's just a different response, I feel like maybe it's time to move on. Or maybe like tenure. I feel like it's depending on if you're working, especially if you're working in a small business, maybe there's not that room. Like that job that you wanted to, maybe if you've come up for the bottom and you've started doing things, there might not many be many positions of leadership in that company. Yeah. So, And if they've been there for like 10 years or it's a family business or whatever, like you can't just become the brother. You know, like sort of, <laughs> you can't get promoted to the brother or the sister of the company. That's not how it works, you know. So maybe you have to go and take your skill sets and move on somewhere else. Yeah, unclear pathways, like not not like growth plans and stuff. Like I feel like if there's no, if you're serious about your career and you want to know and you're not getting the answers back, I feel like you probably want to move on, don't you? There was this really good tweet like ages ago, I probably said it before, from Gary Tan who said, at any job you should either earn or learn. One is fine, both is better, but if it's neither, quit. That's, That's pretty good. Makes isn't things it? easy. I love them little shortcuts. Steal that quote and just start saying it's yours. <laughs> Michelle Johnson. It's such a good quote. <laughs> I really can't believe I confessed to my name on this podcast. I think I think there's like three things though. I'd say earn, learn, or that you have a sense of purpose because you could like maybe you, you've kind of mastered the role, but you still get a sense of purpose from what you're doing. Like you might not be learning. It might be kind of average pay but it gives you that sense of purpose. Like you were talking about lifestyle, you have this good lifestyle with it. I think that's also something that's worth considering. You don't always have to do more stuff. You know, like... Do less. Do less. Do less. Do less and just chill. Do less, earn more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or do less of the things that you don't enjoy. How do you just like... I don't know. I think with this whole idea of when have you hit the ceiling, my stomach's rumbling because I'm really hungry. I feel like people... Generally, if we think about your life cycle in a job, once you kind of hit the between three and five years in, a, in one job, you've kind of mastered it. I reckon that's when people start to get bored. And if you get bored, to me, that's a warning sign that you probably need to look for something else internally within the company or externally because boredom doesn't lead to good performance. Some people don't like like they would just want to master something and not have to learn. I don't mind that too, you know, like if it's, yeah. it's not Like really, what are your motivations, you know? Yeah. I just want to get this job, I want to turn up, I want to know what I have to do every day and then don't know, they're not probably Go back the best, to my family and chill. They're not really the yeah. best team member, you know? Like, <laughs> but hey, that's – fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I um, actually reminded me and I've been like quoting you, Rob, on like various podcasts around that idea of moving motivators because you talked to me about that a while back. And how we need to uncover our internal motivation at work. Can you talk about that? Moving motivators, it's like a management 3.0 game. So if you Google it, uh, or you don't have we'll to put it in it. the show notes. Put it in the show notes. It's like uh, there's 10 things. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but it's uh, pretty much what, how the game works is you've got 10 intrinsic personal traits that you have to figure out what is yours from number one to number 10, as in what are you most 
motivated buyer versus your least motivated buyer. And it gives you a good like sort of, I guess, something like an anchor point where you can understand what is it that's actually important to me. And you can't have things that are equal. So when you see it lined up, it might be like power, influence, autonomy, blah, 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 blah. You'll see there's 10. Um, but if you did it in different teams, I think it's a really powerful tool uh, to do a, a, an exercise to run within teams. So you can understand how what other teammates actually want from stuff. And then you can learn how to build rapport and culture between them and based I- on what people want. I think if you did that for yourself, Alicia, and you looked at, okay, what is my motivator? Because if one of your motivators is learning and right now you've hit the ceiling, you're not learning and that's not being met, well, then that's going to be a problem I th- like for you. And one of them is achievement. And so if that sense of achievement isn't being met, you're going to feel unmotivated. So I love that activity. I've done that heaps with teams. Thank you for sharing that with me because it's really practical and helpful to understand what are your internal motivators. Do you want me to read them out? Go for it. The curiosity, honor, acceptance, mastery, power, freedom, relatedness, order, goal, and status. So then you can like you know, then you know what incentives to provide as well. Like if, if a lot of them are just people, like, hey, we want more money, we do it for money. Okay, well, there's a big bonus if you smash this out of the park or whatever. And then at least you know most of the people are like we want that. That's why we're working. Yeah, or the person who wants freedom was that one of them? Uh, yeah, freedom. So, I'm independent of others with my work and my responsibilities. So if one of your team members wants free, if you want freedom, if that's one of your motivators, but you work in a job that requires you to be in the office nine to five, Monday to Friday, that probably not going to be motivating. Bad. No. So anyway, that's really, I think, Alicia, do that exercise. We'll put in the show notes. I love that activity. I've used it heaps. So thanks, Rob, for sharing it. Okay, next question. Jen, how do you set goals for your career and work? What do you guys do at the beginning? Do you do stuff at the beginning of the year, goal setting for the business? Oh, you're probably better to talk about goal setting and stuff because that's what you actually did for a living was help people set goals. But for us, we've we've had different sort of intervals and stages, haven't we? Like when the business changes. It's been a lot more shorter term goals for us than it has been sort of like longer term career goals lately. But I feel like if we rewind back a little bit, I like stepping stone sort of goals. So understanding where you're trying to go, but not too far ahead. I feel like people get lost in the bigger picture and then can't make a realistic pathway to get there. So for us, like our shorter term goals, because in startups, like people who are doing stuff, what what it is today might be different in six months' time. So it's hard to even, you have oh, yeah. to be also open for opportunity and, and leave room and wriggle room. Like we say, it's like, I think that's some one of the fun parts and the cool things about working in the world of startups is sometimes you don't know where the pathway is taking you and that's have to be along for the ride. Whereas if you are in a bit more of a stro- corporate structured career pathway, I think then goals are very, they're an anchor point. They're a thing that you can go and work with your manager or your leader to get work towards and they're super important. But even just like, I don't know, I feel like we ha- we had some stuff a few years ago, like the pod, it was like number of episodes, what we wanted to do or, you know, I don't know. Goal yeah. settings just like skeleton goals around like, all right, we're aiming for this or like, and if we get somewhere around that, we're sweet, but we know that there's going to be different directions that we spurred off into. I'm not as, I'm not as like stuck on them as I used to be. I feel like I've always... Yeah, I'm, you used to be like, you're a big goal guy. I don't you? know what I want anymore maybe in life. That's <laughs> <what> I mean. <laughs> like, I'm confused. I'm confused. <laughs> like one of the things to me... I guess over the last 18 months since starting the business and all that stuff, I've found one of my challenges, and I don't know if you see this with the founders that that you both work with, is I set kind of goals that I know I can achieve and I steer clear of like goals that I'd love to achieve but I might feel like, oh, that's a stretch. And like my team member Annabelle said to me the other day, she's like, 
and it's so funny. It's uh, she. We were driving back to the airport, and we had we talked about this stretch goal, like a revenue target. They were like, well, "I really want to hit that," and it was it's kind of like a is it low low bar? Is that how you describe it? Low. Setting anyway. the bar low. Setting the bar low. It was like a a, a low expectation, and she's like, "Shell, like." you just need to lift your expectations and like your limiting beliefs are going to hold us back. (laughs) It was like so direct, but it was like so true that sometimes we set these goals, but they're all based on like limiting beliefs. And I'm like really conscious of that now of going, how do I have bigger goals for myself and like dream big for my own business? Like what do you see in that space when you're working with people? I like the mix of the big one and the small ones. So it's like having that, like, what is it? The big, hairy, audacious goal or whatever, where it's like the, maybe the one or two things where you're like, yeah, let's just. What's our dream state? What yeah, are we yeah, aiming yeah. towards? What's the thing in like three years' time, or whatever, if we can say, hey, we'll look back and go, that's success. You know, having that version of a plan on a page, at least having an idea of where you want to head might not be exactly where you end up. But I feel like for us, one of the things I really like with teams and why I don't think what you're doing, Shell, is a bad thing is. I like goal set goal setting that is predictable. So I don't always opt into the idea that goal, fairyland, isn't it? Yeah. Goal, goals can sometimes be unrealistic or they're stretched out too far, and that like you start working towards things and you don't actually have the discipline to stick to it. I think it's actually a lot. Uh, it's it's a way better result. You get a lot more intrinsic motivation to tick things off, and you can celebrate the wins and you can stack your wins up. You know, so if you're working in a team environment too, and especially ones who have budgets attached to different things and your team saying, hey, I need X amount of budget to deliver this, this, this and this. From a business perspective, I'm going to have a lot more trust in my team if they're going to be predictable and they do what they say they're going to do versus, oh, but we needed this money because it's a big stretch this year. All right, cool. It's cool to talk about the big stuff too. It's easy to talk about, oh, these are the big goals that we've got for the thing. I feel like that is like, it's... it's, Predictability is hard because it's discipline. It's stuff that you have to turn up all the time and to hit even to hit easy goals all the time, it just still means you have to do the work. And sometimes, if you you can hide a lot more if you do have bigger goals, because you can almost like, oh, I was never going to hit that anyway. So oh, well, I'm, way well, away, I'm way off that. Anyway, I may as well yeah. not try. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like, well, hang on, if you have got these predictable goals that are achievable, that they're the smaller ones that push you towards wherever it is that you want to go. Drink more water. You know, little things like oh, that. Go for a daily walk. Like that's been one of the big things for me. Like, and I love that James Clear concept of like consistency beats intensity. So like instead of thinking I have to do an ice bath once a week, think I have to go on a walk every day consistently. And that takes a lot of discipline. I think way more discipline than the the intense kind of things that we have in mind. So I love that idea of creating predictable goals. I think for anyone listening, your actions from this one is have a think about your dream state, but have a think about some of those consistent predictable goals that you can set smaller time horizon on it, like put like a three-month, monthly, daily. Feels good too when you tick them off, you know. Like at the end of the week it's like, yeah, so we should have done it but we did do it, you know. I think it's one of those, uh, we did them for a while, we were doing weekly ones. Yeah. And it's like even when you start setting them for the week, what you think you can do, what you can actually do is is very different and I think if you get into a regular cadence of setting goals and reflecting, so a really good planning cycle of I'm trying to do blah this week so it's not a stretch, it's like – if I get to this thing, what is the minimum? If I do this week, I'll be happy. And I reckon that's from a low bar perspective or setting the bar low. I like that's a good place to start with goal setting of if you look back and reflect in this week, what would you be happy if you got through? 
versus I'm going to do all of this and I'm going to change the world. And And having open convos with your boss if you do have a boss and you're talking about goal setting and that and it's like being on the same page rather than them being like, oh, we want you to do this big thing but it's like, no, I'd prefer to do all these little things that are making (laughs) – I can't can't do that big thing. Versus, yes, okay, I'll do it. I'll try my best. And then it's like no one's got no. There's no alignment or clarity on what we're actually trying to do. Anyway, that's awesome. I reckon that's so good as well. Aligning and connecting with your boss about uh, are we on the same page with these goals? Yeah. We have time for two more questions, Kelsey. How do you maintain a career trajectory? Trajectory? Can't say it. While starting a family, this one's big. It's a big question, and I think you can sometimes go sideways, can't you? It doesn't always have to be like the next forward step it can just be like hibernation time or it doesn't have to always be on you know like I feel like you can you work for a long time that's all I reckon it's a lot harder for chicks though especially yeah. if the, if you're like, oh yeah it's a if different they've had the story, baby yeah. and they've gone through all the other thing the expectations for mums versus dads like I don't know like I don't have to do first year of Matilda's life when Emma was breastfeeding and shit I don't have to do I, I got mm. way bear less. Bear men, bear men. I got way less responsibilities, <laughs> let's be real, you know. Like, He's going to bed at 7 o'clock. Yeah. It's not true, it's not true. But I, I have, I even for what we're doing, I've been less productive just juggling and even going back to work now. She's a, a primary school teacher so she's doing a couple of days work. We couldn't get Matilda into daycare so I was doing daddy duties a couple of days a week where we're trying to juggle work and it's just you got to do what you got to do. And not always. there's not always – we're finding too like I'm trying to get back in – there aren't that many part-time jobs Teaching available jobs. that you can mm. walk back in. So from a career perspective, you think that would be something that so many females are in teaching as a profession that they would have a better pathway for that. And we've definitely found I don't the challenge. I think there's enough around that though, is there, in, yeah. in any work, line of work? They need to talk more about that. It's a tricky thing. But again, like I think for us, it's like if I go back to what I said earlier in this conversation, for us happiness and having a family and doing that stuff is what we truly wanted and – Sometimes there's trade-offs if you want to be a robot and not have anything and just go to work and whatever. Maybe that makes you happy and that's what people can do. So it's can't always get everything. I think the career trajectory stuff, sometimes I – I okay, here's what I think. Work will always be there. Like work will always be there. There will always be opportunities for you in your career. And so taking time out, and it's not time out because it's like the hardest job in the whole world, but – if you have take a year, take two years, whatever it is that you want to take off to raise a child, you will still have opportunities. Now, that's not to understate the fact that people and there are certain organisations that do not do this well, the return to work stuff. But for me, like one of the big things I found with my fam is really getting to what are the priorities? Like what are the priorities I have in my life and where do they sit in order of importance? And so I've probably have like workaholism tendencies. And so I have had to like make sure I'm properly going back and reordering my priorities and going, okay, is this helping my family? Because that's number one. Is this thing that I'm doing in my career serving that purpose? And I think with the career trajectory stuff, it's really good to find someone in your world, especially as a, as a mum, one of the things I've found that's really helped me has been finding other mums who are doing the thing that I want to be doing. So mums who, like, I'm in the startup phase of my business, like it's hardcore, like I work a lot. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and travel a lot so I'm away from home all the time. Like we've just made some big decisions as a family so I can travel more but it means that I'm like less present at home and like that comes at a cost and I'm like what? how do I balance that? And so I've found people in my world who do it, who mums with three kids, one of my amazing friends who I consider to be like someone who's like a mentor to me 
she has shown me how to do this stuff without feeling the constant guilt. And I think if you find people in your world who can do that, um, you can have an amazing career and pursue all your career stuff and be an amazing parent. I think you can have both. I don't think it's easy. And I think you sometimes feel that sense of like one thing comes at the expense of another, but I've found people who do it really well and I, I really look to them and go, okay, cool. How can I learn from what they're doing? Oh, I love that. And even people learning from what you're doing as well. Even your kids saying, oh, mum's out there hustling, getting it done. Like, should happen. That's inspirational. So like while it might not feel it sometimes at the moment, like I feel like deep down it's like that's good shit that you're looking up to going, oh, I can do that, you know. I'm so excited for my daughter Sunny to see like her mum like really building a business and a career and doing well. I, I, that actually makes me excited and I'm excited for Bowie to see his dad being really present around the home, doing all the dinners, like doing all the school drop-offs, pickups. Like I think that is a really balanced thing for kids to grow up with. And so I'm pumped about, about that angle. Yeah. And not everything has to be the same. You know, everyone's got their own different situations and it's just whatever, whatever works for you. And it's figuring that out. And I like the fact that everyone's a bit different and things are going on. Like that's cool. Okay. Elena says, I've been thinking of starting my own business. I'm not sure if I'm cut out for it. What makes a good business owner? Now, I will caveat, you guys work with business owners to take them from startup phase, zero revenue to 10, 20 mil. Tell us, what makes a good business owner? I just think you've got to try stuff. So if you're constantly worried and and think overthinking about what it could be or what it might not be. I just think you just got to do it. I feel like we learn by just throwing it out there. It's never going to be perfect when you start like our first business, Obi and Co, that was a slides company. You know, we've done uh, what, digital agency stuff. So what, whatever you're thinking about like your idea is, it's probably not going to be what you're doing in five years or three years or something like that. So I would just do stuff and learn. I know it's like basic cliche stuff, but that's what we've done. I'd say the thick skin too. Yeah. Get used to having no as a response and or no reply or no reply or like getting through that really is like if you're trying to make something happen you might have to hit up 20 people to get one response and you might not close that one response you know what I mean like so if you're trying to win business or whatever you might have to hit up 100 to get five responses to close one and it's like and then you learn and you learn how to do it better and all that sort of good stuff but I reckon definitely what it takes to make things happen is just do you want to do it are you willing to do the time are you willing to put in the extra hours it's not like a nine to five job where you get holidays and you get sick pay and you <laughs> well, get you other things. You like, don't like it. You're like, geez, this is hard. I don't want to do I, this. I remember back when Matilda was born, like we had a bunch of stuff coming on that was like paid work that we couldn't get out of. We were a startup at the same sort of time and like going to do something the day after Matilda was born or the day after we got back from hospital and like that trade offs of doing things. And my old man, he runs a small business. He put, he's a sparky by trade, puts in air conditioners. And it's something that I sort of grew up with of, you do your own thing, it's you wear the opportunity cost of if something goes wrong, it's on you, but also the freedom element of he was also a very present dad. Like I got to he got to do all the a lot of the drop offs, pick me up from school and doing that stuff, but didn't mean he didn't work around other times and all that sort of stuff too. So I don't know. I think you have to try it. It's not it is it isn't for everyone. It's not well, and if it's think, not for yeah. you, it's 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 okay. But that trying things, I feel like just you figure out what you don't like. It's very rare that you're like, Oh my god, this is amazing. Like you go through so much crap and you're like, Oh, like I'm glad I don't do that anymore, but I'm glad I went through the experience because I don't reckon life's easy. It's hard for everyone in their own different way. So I don't know, just less pressure and less thinking, just more doing. Well maybe too on the last one is like uh you don't have to jump Dive head. Everyone always yeah. says you have to dive head first and burn the boats and all that sort of all stuff. In. Yeah. Maybe there's a nice bridge. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Hey, I'm going to start doing this. Yeah. I'm going to launch my side hustle. I'm going to get things going on. If I get this happening, I can juggle this with my job and I'm going to dabble and do some of the experimentation and the early fuck up stuff without having the pressure of not being able to pay my mortgage or whatever. You know, and like, the op- opposite can unlock different parts of your brain that you never thought you'd be put in. So it's like I think it's all individual stuff like that. All right, well, hey. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, agree. I agree to disagree. No, I, I, I agree with the point but I also reckon there's another. I agree with the point but yeah. whatever. <laughs> I just think when your back's against the wall too, you get stuff done. You find a way to make you stuff can. happen and like, I don't know. And I think you have to increase your risk tolerance, right? Yeah. Like, so you have to be oh. able to go, okay, how do I take risks and be okay? The thing is it's a risk to take no risks. Like in your career, like if you go, you know, I'd love to do a business, but I just don't have what it takes. You're taking a risk by just not doing anything because you'll get to the, I think a lot of people get to the end of their life and think, well, I don't know, but I'm just hypothesizing. Think, I wish I did that thing. Regrets. Yeah. Oh, I wish I'd done that. I hate hearing those stories because it's like, well, do it. Why didn't you do it? Like I'd rather you tell us the story of I tried it and it failed and I didn't do this right and I stuffed up. having a crack. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, I could have done this. I could have. Well, you didn't. So I don't want to hear it. You know, (laughs) respect anyone who had a crack. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. If, like, if you listen to this yeah. and you're doing something for the first time, you're out there doing it. Like even the fifth time and tenth time, hats it off sucks. to you for putting it out there and having a go because it's it's a hard it's a hard thing. You know, it's it's creative. It's a creative and different way yeah. to not know the answer to things, but know that you're still trying to make stuff happen. And I don't know a lot of people who haven't started their own thing and are working a job have different levels of responsibilities that they take home. There's different levels of yeah, pressure, yeah. and I'm not taking away from anyone's how they feel and how they act within the thing, but. Be prepared for a different level of life. Yeah, someone said um, when I started my business, welcome to becoming a business owner and a world of crippling self-doubt. <laughs> and oh, I was like, yeah. that is so true. Like you're yeah. just always like crippling self-doubt but choosing to take action anyway. Hey, I want to say thanks for hanging out. 2024, going to be your best year yet. I believe, I believe. We've got the crystal ball out. You're in the Melbourne bitter hat. I've got good vibes. I'm charging the crystals up. 2024, they're outside, full moon. Don't stress them out there. He's been earthing. He's been earthing. Taking the shoes off, digging those toes into the soil. Is it Uh, earthing or grounding? It's grounding. Is it earthing, grounding? It's grounding. What's the one where the yoga thing where you point your butt towards the sun and you get the rays and energy? I think that's, what's that called? Mooning. (laughs) We're doing lots of that lately. (laughs) Well, hey. Uh, how do people get in contact with you if they want to contact you? Uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Funny Business, Dream Big Social Club. I'm sure it'll be in the show we'll notes. We'll add and it stuff. all yeah. into the show notes. And you can get in touch with Locke and Rob on LinkedIn as well. I'm so hungry, my stomach's been rumbling this whole podcast. So let's wrap this up. I can hear <laughs> it through the headphones. <laughs> yeah, it's loud. But okay, thanks for hanging out. Bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money, My Millennial Daily and Retire Right. Find these wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.